0: And turn to Joshua chapter fourteen. If you're using the pew Bible in the pew back in front of pew in front of you, that's the NIV, and that's on page uh, three fifty two. You'll find the ESV on the ends of your uh, pews from which I preach, and that's can be found on page two forty one, two forty one. If you don't have a copy of God's Word yourself, we'd love to send you home with one. Uh, feel free to come grab this one after the service on the pulpit. There's some on the uh, by the back door as you walk out as well. You'll notice that we skipped a good bit in Joshua. When we last were together, I believe we we're in chapter 11, or uh, the end of 10. Um, we are entering in a part of Joshua that is a bit repetitive, and uh, so we believe that all Scripture is breathed out by God, and it is authoritative over us. But we're going to be taking some samples out of these middle chapters of Joshua, and then finishing strong uh, in the coming weeks. Lord willing, we'll be concluding our series on Joshua, the, I think, mid-June or so, and then we'll be heading to Philippians. Uh, and so I would encourage you to begin to read Philippians a few times before we get there uh, as a way to prepare to hear it on a weekly basis. All right, so Joshua chapter 14, I'll read the whole chapter. Before we do, let me, let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you for your blessing upon this service so far, and we pray that you would... Um, by your Spirit, help us to understand your Word. Father, we are naturally blind. We need your servant, uh, your uh, Spirit to, um, to open our eyes and to give us ears to hear. And so, Father, I pray that we would hear this morning and that you would use a, a wretched crooked stick to show the narrow way of Jesus. It is in his name we ask it. Amen. Joshua chapter 14, starting at verse 1. Hear now the word of the Lord. These are the inheritances that the people of Israel received in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun and the head of the father's houses of the tribes of the people of Israel gave them to inherit. Their inheritance was by lot, just as the Lord had commanded by the hand of Moses for the nine and one half tribes. For Moses had given an inheritance to the two and one half tribes beyond the Jordan, but to the Levites he gave no inheritance among them. For the people of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim, and no portion was given to the Levites in the land, but only cities to dwell in with their pasture lands for their livestock and for their substance. The people of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses. They allotted the land. Then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know that what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, and Kadesh Barnea concerning you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, a servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. "'My brothers who went up with me "'made the heart of the people melt. "'Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. "'And Moses swore on that day, saying, "'Surely the land on which your foot is trodden "'shall be an inheritance for you "'and for your children forever, "'because you have wholly followed the Lord my God.'" And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive just as he said these 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now behold, I am this day 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength, is as, as, my strength now is as my strength was then for war and for going and coming. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall drive them out, just as the Lord said. Then Joshua blessed him, and he gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Therefore Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. Now the name of Hebron formerly was Kiriath Arba. Arba was the greatest man amongst the Anakim. And the land had rest from war. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God shall indeed stand forever. I have to ask you how will you finish? How will you finish this race that we call the Christian life, that we call our pilgrim days on earth? They're pilgrim because we don't belong here, we belong in heaven, and we're headed that way. How will you finish? Will you coast? Will you falter? Will you finish more strongly at the end than at the beginning? Christie's grandfather died yesterday the age of 92. He was a deacon on the diaconate until he was 89. A godly man who finished his last habitat house when he was 90, I believe. A man who finished strong. The question is, how will you finish? I want to make the case this morning from the Old Testament saint, Caleb, that we are to finish strong. That is the charge this morning, to finish strong. Rather than sitting back and using old age as an excuse to coast, God calls us to finish well, to finish strong, and to make plans to do so. Because here's the thing, the only way that we'll finish strong is is if we live strong every day of our life. See, Caleb followed the Lord wholeheartedly. That's what is described of him three times in this text. Wholeheartedly, he'd walked the Lord all the days of his life. And that's why at the age of 85, he was able to finish as he did, asking for the hardest assignment there was to finish out the conquest of the promised land. I like the NIV translation of that word. Uh, the ESV says he followed the Lord holy, or holy followed the Lord. The NIV says wholeheartedly. A word I think we can understand, one that is not divided, a soul that is not divided, a soul that is wholeheartedly focused upon the Lord. Is this something that describes us now? For if we desire for it to describe us in the future, then perhaps it ought to be our heart's desire now. To wholly follow the Lord. There there are many things in this world that can grab our attention. Some of them fantastic, some of them wonderful, good things. But they were never meant to be our heart's desire. Even as we sung earlier, we had to seek first the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of self. And Caleb did this. Caleb did this. He he sought the Lord wholeheartedly all the days of his life. Follow through is important. It's not just how you begin, it's how you end. I I like to shoot and and I, I like pistols, I like rifles. My true love is shotguns. And when you're shooting a bird, when you're shooting a clay pigeon, follow through is perhaps one of the most important things about any shot. It matters how you start. It matters when you pull the trigger. But if your follow through is not right, if you're not pulling through the bird and, and, and continuing to follow through, even as you fire, you'll miss the bird nine times out of 10. Or those in golf, just how you finish your swing shows that you, how you've done the rest of it. If you finish well, then you have a good shot. If you finish poorly, it will have not gone well. It all follow-through is important. So it is with the Christian life. We are called to endure, we are called to persevere, and we do so as we rely upon God's grace on a daily basis and seek Him in a wholehearted way throughout all of our lives. This morning, uh, if you look at your outline, I've divided Caleb's life into three chunks. Now, I'm going to use some words for age, and I'm going to let you decide where you fit in those. I've learned quickly that uh, young, midlife, and old will get you in trouble, depending on to whom you speak. So I make no claims about you. Uh, I'll let you find where you fit in this. You'll also notice that the age brackets are perhaps not what uh, we would define as young, um, midlife, and and old age. You'll see, we'll first look at Caleb's life from birth to the age 40. There's much that encompasses those years. And then 41 to 85, still even more, perhaps, that encompasses those years and uh, the end of life, the old age, 85 and above. Well, as we look at Caleb's uh, early life, we don't, we don't know a lot about uh, Caleb's early life, but as we look at his youth of up to age 40, what we do know is pretty impressive. We find in verses 7 through 8 of, of Joshua 14, uh, Caleb say these words, I was 40 years old when Moses, a servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. My brothers, when we went up with me, uh, sorry, who went up with me, made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. You'll remember the the history of Israel, I'm sure. But let me remind us, God's people were um, enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. And God raised up Moses to lead them out of Egypt and ultimately into the promised land. And so he brought them out of Egypt by 10 miraculous plagues. And he met with them at Mount Sinai after having delivered them through the Red Sea and destroying Pharaoh's army, the only superpower they had to worry about. And then it was time to send spies into the land, the promised land they were supposed to go into and take possession of. And so they picked one man from each tribe. Now they went in. And they found an amazing land flowing with milk and honey, with cisterns they had not dug and cities they had not built and, 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 and harvest that they could easily harvest that they had not planted. And so two of these spies came back, Joshua and Caleb, and they said, we've got this thing. The Lord will provide. Yes, there's, this, there's this, all these wonderful things, but there's, there are also these terrible, terrible um, inhabitants that live there. The Anakim, the, these folks who are descended from the giants of old. And this is the only thing that the other 10 spies could think of. Yes, it's nice, but we'll never drive them out. We never could do it. And so the positive report of Caleb and Joshua, yes, let's go take it. God's on our side. In verse of the 10 who said, we could never take this. And so as a result, God's people had to wander in the desert for 40 years while all the the male members, 20 years old and older, the men of fighting age, died off in the wilderness. But two men were allowed to enter into the promised land, Caleb and Joshua. See, Caleb was a godly man. He wholeheartedly followed the Lord his God. We don't know much about this time frame before He went to spy out the land, but what we do know is good. See, we find in Numbers 13 that these spies were meant to be chiefs of the people. This doesn't mean that he was the chief of the tribe, but it did mean he was a leading man, an elder, one who was respected. So for this man to be chosen out of all the people of Judah, this man truly and surely followed the Lord his God in his youth. He would have been a man of valor and godliness, holiness, strength, wisdom, and righteousness. In his youth, he walked with the Lord so that when it came time to choose one, a chief amongst all the people of Judah, they were able to immediately think of Caleb. Now I want to speak first to those who are under 40. This is a broad category. Uh, I certainly fit in this category and all personal experience ends at this first category. But in this first 40 years, In our first 40 years, I would ask you, how are you doing? Are you seeking the Lord wholeheartedly? Or are you living for other things? Did you know that 85% of Christians become Christians before the age of 15? That number is actually probably closer to 12 or 13 now. So statistically speaking, you know, the grace of God works against statistics all the time. Statistically speaking, if you're over the age of 15 and you haven't turned to the Lord, the cards are against you. And the longer that you wait to turn to the Lord, the harder it will be. What are you living for? Children, youth, young parents. What are we living for? Are we living for the Lord wholeheartedly? Because here's the thing, the only way that we will finish strong is if we live strong. The only way that we'll finish walking with the Lord is if we walk with the Lord now, just as we begin to even save for retirement. We ought to be saving up blessings for old age as we walk with the Lord now. There's a a cartoon I keep on my phone, and it's a tombstone of John Doe. I don't remember the guy's name. It says, John Doe purposed to follow the Lord at the 11th hour, but he died at the 10th. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. We're not guaranteed this afternoon. Life is fleeting. How are, we, how are you doing this morning? Are you following the Lord wholeheartedly? 85 seems like a long way away. This is how old Caleb was in our story. But there are many in this room who are close to that age who would tell you, I don't know where the days went. I don't know where the years went. You'll be here before you know it. See, how we walk with the Lord in grade school determines how we walk with the Lord in high school, doesn't it? And how the decisions we make in high school, the the temptations that we just say yes to just one time, suddenly they're before us in in greater, um, greater numbers when we get to college. And how we act in college will change how we act as young men and women and husbands and wives. And as we raise our children, are we wholeheartedly following the Lord? At 40, at 40 years old, they could say of Caleb, Moses said of Caleb, and even God himself, the Lord God, said this about Caleb that he wholeheartedly followed him. Have we seen our sin? Have we seen God's glory? Have we seen his grace? And are we walking with him? Because see, when, when Caleb entered into the promised land, he he was a spy, he was a chief, he was also a spy, and when he went into to spy out the promised land, there were a great many challenges. They went around, all around, for 40 days, all around uh, the promised land looking and and, and spying out. And there were these great fortified cities and these people that had descended from the giants. This was a place that would be impossible to take. And 10 of these men came away saying, we cannot take this. But Joshua and Caleb, because they wholeheartedly followed the Lord, they believed. They heard the trumpets of the battle cries. They also heard the word of their Lord. And the word of the Lord was stronger in their ears. It was stronger in their hearts because they had walked with the Lord. They were prepared for that day. You prepare for trials, you prepare for hardships, not the day before they come. But like a marathon, you prepare months and years and decades ahead. This reminds us of our true Caleb. See, all of the heroes of the Bible are meant to point us to whom? The true hero, the true hero, our Savior Jesus. And Caleb himself points us to Jesus for Caleb had walked the Lord and grown in favor with the Lord and men. And this is exactly what is told to us in Luke chapter 2, twice of our Savior, how he himself grew in wisdom and stature. But let us not forget that our Savior, he, he never made it out of this category we're calling youth. He never made it to the age of 40. He can never be called midlife. Why? Because he forfeit his his soul, forfeited his life for us. He entered into enemy territory just like the spies did. But he entered into the enemy territory of his own people who wanted nothing to do with him and sought to kill him from the very earliest possibility of his ministry. And he entered into enemy territory. We are his enemies apart from Christ. And he came not to defeat this kind of enemy. He came to make them his people. See, the true Caleb points us, the The old Caleb points us to the true Caleb. Do you know this true Caleb? Do you know the true Jesus? For as it points us to the midlife, midlife crisis of Caleb, if we can call it that, ages uh, 41 through uh, 85. See, his life, it continued after this period. If you look at Joshua 14.10, we read this. The Lord has kept me alive, just as he said, these 45 years, since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses. While Israel walked in the wilderness, and now, behold, I am this day 85 years old. There's a lot crammed into that verse. For 40 years, Joshua and Caleb walked with God's people in the wilderness as everybody they knew virtually died. They were waiting, they were waiting for their friends to die so they could enter into the promised land how many funerals did they go through? How many rebellions had to be quelled and put down in those 40 years as God's people still didn't believe in God's faithfulness, even as they ate the manna every morning? And Caleb and Joshua and others who wholeheartedly followed the Lord had to withstand this and many other things. It was a hard time in the desert. It was a very hard time in the desert. And this period for many is a hard time indeed. For in, this years, in these years, family drama seems to peak as children go through puberty and adolescence and go off to college and establish new boundaries or perhaps ignore boundaries that parents are trying to define as a time of transition not only for kids but for also for parents as more and more responsibilities arise financially, physically for aging parents all the while trying to squirrel enough money away for some sort of retirement. Marriages suffer greatly during this period as children go away and, and parents who haven't been husband and wife and only parents for a long time suddenly have to be married again or when retirement comes and, and you're just there all the time. These are hard transitions. Caleb faced these many things and more, albeit exacerbated by the fact that he was actually in the desert. But as you prepare for old age... As I prepare for old age, as you prepare for old age, or if you are in old age, how are you doing? Are you wholeheartedly following the Lord? There are a lot of things that grab our attention, good things that become ruling things, therefore bad things, as we focus on children's sports and hunting, vacation, stuff, vehicles, titles, career, money, all these things. Are these things the things you're wholeheartedly living for? Are you wholly following with all of your heart anything besides Jesus? Because see, the desert years ended for Caleb, and it was time to fight again. And so we know that from the entrance to the promised land until now, it's been about five years, five to seven years, depending on how you count. About five years or so. And as a chief amongst the people of Israel at the age of 80, in his early 80s, Caleb would have helped lead the charge. Everyone else is young, except for Caleb and Joshua. He would have helped lead the charge. And he would have fought at Jericho and Hazor, at Ai and against the five Amorite kings and the battles from the northern conquest. And through all of this, he wholly followed the Lord. See, in these desert times, there are fighting times. And it is when we are wholly, following the Lord, that you're prepared for those fighting times. But see, all this points us again to our true Caleb, to our true Savior, to the true hero. For just as Caleb and the others spent 40 years years in the desert, so our Savior spent 40 days in the desert. He spent the forty days in an area with, with not far from here, actually, near the Jordan where he was baptized. In this area, this wilderness in which he was, there, there, there's, no, there, there's no cover, none. Not even geographic formations that would give you any shade at any point in the day. It's just flat and ugly and relentlessly bright. And for 40 days and 40 nights, he didn't eat and he didn't sleep, or he didn't eat and he didn't drink. And as a result, at the end of that time, he would have been in a fetal position. But he withstood even more the wiles of the devil and his temptations that he might withstand the attacks that we might have strength, we might have victory over the evil one as well. His 40 days were much longer, much harder than the 40 years that Israel spent out in the desert. This takes us to the, the last season of life, what we're calling old age, 85 and above. You can decide where that line is and if you're in it. But look at verse 12. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day, for you heard on that day how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities it may be that the lord will be with me and i shall drive them out as the lord said he's 85 and when this time for the lands be broken up amongst all the tribes of israel judah is the most important it is the primary one and so it comes first and joshua excuse me caleb leads the contingent of the leaders of judah to come to joshua at gilgal near the jordan river to receive their allotment of their territory. They receive the most territory. It's all done by lot. It's all done so that the Lord can direct it as he so desires. And Caleb, before, before they can even talk about what the tribe is going to get, he comes and says, hey, remember remember what God said about you and me, Joshua? That because we were faithful, because we had wholeheartedly followed you all the days of our life, that we get to choose we get to have the land upon which we have trod. He's coming to remind him. Joshua will do the same thing in a few chapters. So he comes, and what does he ask for? Does he ask for the, the beachside resort? Does he ask for the part that had already been settled, the, the part that had already been conquered, the nice cisterns, the nice basements, the nice added-on man cave out back? No. He asked for the hardest thing there is in all of Canaan. For this, for Hebron, where the Anakim were, this is what caused the ten spies to forsake the Lord. They saw the descendants of the Anakim, these descendants of giants, and they said, no way. So Joshua, in his old age, when he's 85, he comes, excuse me, Caleb, when he's 85 and he comes to Joshua, he says, I want that. The great fortified cities. Fortified cities here literally means inaccessible or inassailable. And it's great. I want that. His physical muscles might have been a little weaker, but his spiritual believing muscles were stronger now than ever because he had lived and walked with the Lord and wholeheartedly followed the Lord his God all his days and all his years. You want to have a faith like Caleb does? It doesn't come in a day. It doesn't come in a week. It doesn't come in a year. It comes by faithfully walking to the Lord for decades. And how we prepare ourselves for old life, it begins now. How we prepare ourselves to finish strong, it begins now. See, Caleb did something hard. He did the hard things. And to those who are, who are um, self-defining in this age group, I would say do hard things. Don't coast. Do hard things. You may not be able to do the same things you've done before, but do hard things for the Lord. For you have walked the Lord for many and many a decade and you've learned so much and you've seen God's faithfulness and you've seen his promises and you've seen how his word is true in such amazing ways. And so don't coast. Ask for the hard things. Ask for Hebron. Ask to defeat the Anakim. You know, we see this in business, that is in the years right before retirement, that businessmen are at the top of their game because they know the industry. They've learned the ins and outs of it. They know the pitfalls and the challenges. They've dealt with the difficult people. They know what to do. They have the wisdom that is needed to do hard things. And so it is, as we get closer to our heavenly reward, that the Lord has uniquely prepared us to take on hard things and not just coast. But perhaps you'll need to find new things. Perhaps the old things you can't do. Physically, you may not be able to do them. I remember um, Lee Otz. I went to visit him one day, and he, from the day I met Lee, he told me he was ready to die. What a testimony, by the way. But he, he asked me this day, as he was recovering from pneumonia in his hospital bed in his bedroom, said, why has the Lord not taken me home? That's not a question I can answer. But I challenged him that day. I said, I don't know, but we have this new members class. And I want to challenge you in your bed to pray for our new members class. And he did. He did a new thing. And do you know, out of that members class, we had one conversion and two new dedications, maybe two and a half, depending on how you count them. And because of his faithfulness in prayer before the throne, people's eternal destinies were changed he labored before the throne for others it wasn't what he'd always done i'm sure he i don't mean he had never prayed it was a new thing to pray for a new thing and so he finished strong strong right into the end he'd been an elder and deacon in our church for decades longer than i've been alive truthfully and he finished strong the last thing i would say is that in old age we are to mentor and model for the younger generations. Who else knows how to deal with difficult problems better than those who have seen them again and again and again? Titus 2, 2 through 5. Help us to plan, to finish strong. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in love, a sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderous, or slaves much wine but they are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands so that the word of God may not be reviled. Well, this again points us to our true Caleb. Because see, we learn in Joshua chapter 21, only a few chapters later, that this Hebron area that Joshua, excuse me, Caleb had fought so hard to, um, to, to conquer When it came time to choose cities to give to the Levites, do you know what was one of the first names to come out of the bag? Hebron. And so he gave it up. He fought hard for it. And just as hard as he fought for it, he easily gave it up because it was the Lord's will. And he gave it to the Levites for a city of refuge. We'll look at that in a few weeks. But what does this point us to? It points us to our Savior. Our Savior, who would give up not a paltry city, but the riches of heaven. Who gave up not the pasture lands of Canaan, but the glory to his name. See, our true Caleb, our true chief, our true Savior, our true hero, hero, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a serpent, servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." He died that we who believe in him might follow him into the true promised land of heaven. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for our Savior and what he has done for us. We thank you that he has led the way into the promised land, that he has defeated his enemies. Father, he has subdued us to himself and he has defeated the true enemy, Satan. Lord, help us to live wholeheartedly for you. In our youth, in our middle years, in our old age, we thank you for your preserving grace. You promise never leave us, never forsake us. We pray, come Lord Jesus, come quickly. Amen.